Before I begin today's sermon, I am reminded that this month's offering in its entirety goes to our partner in local ministry, Meals on Wheels. Their mission is delivering nutritious meals to people's homes, which allows people who are homebound to live in their home with more independence. You can learn more about Meals on Wheels in the weekly highlights from the Hill. Let's make sure Tulsans don't go hungry. Please be generous, especially now. Today's sermon is called COVID Consciousness. Things were going very well before the pandemic. Things were not going very well before the pandemic and have only gotten much worse. Chances are you fit into one of these two categories. Is the religious response to both groups the same? Like me, some of you have been able to hold on to a job during the pandemic. While life has changed, we still have to do many of the same tasks during the pandemic that we did prior to it. The location for work has changed, yet deadlines remain. We continue to drive our own cars, only now with face masks. Grocery stores are open, but we've been encouraged to wear protective gloves and eyewear while shopping, as well as masks, of course. This reopening is taking place before our very eyes. Do you want to have a beer pulled for you at the local bar? Tulsa's taverns will surely fulfill your wish, but only for 10 of you at any given time. Are you making stylist appointments to get that mess on your head fixed? Enter the ark 10 by 10. For people like us, things have changed, but not nearly as much as we like to think. We are still living our middle and upper middle class lives, only now with more inconveniences. We still have a purpose, but may have to approach it differently. The big missing piece for people like us is community. We are humans who need human touches. We want to look our friends in the eyes as they speak without words. We want to see trembling hands or nervous knees so we can get the whole story. We miss our friends. We miss them like mad. Some of us have connected or reconnected with new friends or old flames, while others have discovered family members that they never knew about. Simply put, we can't live without them. Says author Maya Robarts, the human touch is that little snippet of physical affection that brings a bit of comfort, support, and kindness. It doesn't take much from the one who gives it, but can make a huge difference in the one who receives it. Have you personally witnessed the positive effects of human touch as either giver or receiver? Often you'll see shoulders and breathing relax in its aftermath. Words are optional and sometimes get in the way of what the recipient really needs, a simple touch. Of course, one should always ask permission to touch, particularly if it's someone you don't know very well. 
There are people that have been abused in the past, and any touch at all can trigger memories of that painful abyss. Others just don't like it, period. We are not powerless during the pandemic. In fact, like Marianne Williamson, I think we are powerful beyond measure. India's prolific writer, Uday Majurki, gives us the weapons of our warfare. He says a human touch is explosive. It's so warm that it melts away everything, including our ego. Indeed, the power in your fingertips is truly limitless. Some denominations lay hands on those who suffer illnesses. Healing services, they call them. There are even such rituals among Unitarian Universalists. World chess champion Bobby Fischer has made this observation. Nothing eases suffering like the human touch. Given the proliferation of COVID-19, finding human touch can be challenging, for some at least. Some can't find it at all. But it is so necessary. Until recently, HOPE members regularly had this opportunity. Yes, HOPE had professional huggers on hand most Sundays. I believe that the lack of human touch underlies the other challenges of these days. This lack overwhelms us to the core of who we are. This is why psychologists urge us to virtually communicate during the pandemic. While there's no substitute for human touch, connecting and reconnecting will help. Reach out more than usual. Try to replace fear with compassion. Then watch your own healing begin to take place. Getting our attention off ourselves liberates us from our obsessions and fears. We begin to see hope when hope is hard to find. We begin to build the confidence that all will be well. This remedy is tried and true. In helping others, we help ourselves more. Your pandemic priorities will change when you reach out to the least of these. You'll stop fixating on the impossible and the pursuit of perfection. Of course, the least of these are experiencing a very different pandemic than our people like us. The city of Atlanta recently reported that 80% of their COVID-19 patients are African-American. Talk about justice or justice denied. It should not surprise you that everything is more difficult in American society for people of color. You would have to be living in a Southern fried society if you think differently. Only ignorant, committed racists would say otherwise. I have witnessed this firsthand in some of the poor communities we've dwelled in as a family of mixed races. I've seen what happens when my sons are pulled over for driving while black or being followed in stores even when I am present. I've spoken with friends in North Tulsa who say that testing is scarce where they live. The only remedies for COVID-19 are found in weed and liquor stores.
The only flyers around advertise parties, nightclubs, and dances, not disease prevention. Some churches are opening prematurely, just like in South Tulsa, to counter the overwhelming hopelessness of their communities. They know who gets fired first. They know who goes without food most. They know well the space at the bottom of the ladder. They've weighed all the options and have decided that the mental and emotional challenges experienced by their members have precedent during the pandemic. They seek to counter the absurd information spewed forth by politicians. Hope dwells in these institutions. Hope dwells in them like nowhere else I know. You will be touched by human hands, but not just now. It's been the balm that has soothed racist wounds for centuries. It looks beyond our circumstances to the bedrock of faith. What role has your liberal religion and its faith played you during the pandemic? If you read Unitarian Universalist history, you'll find some answers. If you consider the research of our own theologians, say James Luther Adams, you'll uncover help. And don't forget the biographies of our UU heroes and heroines. They've been through some very tough times, not unlike our own. Where did we get such faith? It may be our first time, but they've been through it before. To me, they are our UU saints. They offer the guidance we need right now. If your faith has been no comfort to you so far, you may need to dig a little deeper to let it become a better foundation for your life. How often do you spend time growing your liberal religious faith on days other than Sunday? Says the Reverend Crystal Harden, while fear wants us to believe we are alone, faith knows differently. In other words, we must have faith in faith. You may want to start every day with a chalice lighting and inspirational words or music. It will ground you in your free faith and encourage you in your daily life. And that's the key. Do it daily. Only then will this spiritual practice become habit. Walking meditations often reconnect us with the earth and its vast knowledge. Take your time. By doing less, we become more. By blocking the mind, we can touch the spirit. While walking, our resolve is strengthened and our priorities are reordered. If we take time to think singularly, a tiny flower becomes our whole world. Its wisdom is shared without words. Such a fragile life, that flower, yet it blooms now in all its beauty. Barbara Glasson, in the latest issue of Sojourner's Magazine, recently wrote a prayer that I found to be very helpful. It is one which I've adapted. We are not people of fear. We are people of courage. 
We are not people who protect our own safety. We are people who protect our neighbor's safety. We are not people of greed. We are people of generosity. We are people giving and loving wherever we are, whatever it costs, for as long as it takes, whenever we're called. This is the kind of courage that moves mountains and changes lives for the better. It's not for the faint of heart. See, now it's time for boldness, not cowardice. It's time to make real decisions and not waver. It's time to be the church, especially now. The poem describes a radical, free-thinking, risk-taking, questioning, compassionate, no-holds-bar movement whose members are determined to let hope have the last word, and they are willing to work on it without ceasing. Whenever the church, with a capital C, gets too comfortable, whenever it rests on its laurels, whenever it shuts its eyes and ears to those living on the margins, it becomes impotent and irrelevant. It actually gets in the way of real progress. Church has never been all about us. Instead, it's all about others, the needy, the neighbors, the indigent, the mentally ill, the downtrodden, the unemployed, the unnoticed. They live in a society that fails to recognize their humanity. We come to church to be spiritually edified because we become better persons by doing so. But the spiritual life doesn't stop there. It insists on deeds, not creeds, as the final of expression of who we really are. Getting a little of the world's dirt under your fingernails will change the way you understand yourself and your religion. This is, the, this is especially the case now. I'm all for social distancing, but not at the expense of human life. Imagine how many Tulsans are completely isolated with no one to check on them. Others may not know they even exist. Remember Reverend Hardin's observation. While fear wants us to believe we are alone, faith knows differently. This is the work of the church during this pandemic to meet needs no one else is meeting, and to love one another broadly defined and personally expressed. This is being the church. This is being tired of being comfortable at rest with eyes wide shut. These are just a few ideas on how to move through this pandemic. I bet you have some of your own, and I do hope you share them. By faith, together, we will create a new world, a world based on the lessons we're learning now. By faith, together, we will survive this mess and eventually thrive in new ways. By faith, together, we will be the church, meeting unmet needs and loving one another. By faith, together, we will be at home on the hilltop, a beacon of hope during troubling times. Still worried? There is still one remedy that I forgot to mention.
It seems like it's been around forever. It's a cure-all with almost a perfect track record. There are even surrogates if you no longer have one of your own. The author of Single Dad Laughing, Dan Pierce, makes it plain. Some moments can only be cured with a big, squishy grandma hug. Now you know why I let Dan have the last word. To the glory of life.